Esty. Good morning. So today we're going to talk about why different therapies work for different people and why some therapies don't work for some people. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea because as we grow in the mental health professional, there's always new ideas and new innovations and new therapies for people. And I think it gets really overwhelming for people to know like, wait, which is a good fit for me? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what about this? Or what about that? And even as professionals, like social workers, like which field should I study more? Which, you know, modality should I practice? Right. Yeah. And and like you said, there's so many different options. And so when someone's starting out for the first time, or even if they're, they've been in therapy beforehand and they want to try something new, they might not know what to choose uh, because there's so many options out there. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things, which I think it's important to say this is at the end of the day, all therapies lead to the same place. I was like literally thinking that in my head and I was about to say that. Exactly. It's just about how you get there. Exactly. It's just about how and with who. Yeah. And I, I think this exact same thing. I don't think there's like a right or a wrong or a better or a worse. It's like, what's a good fit for you? Right. Exactly. And so like, it's so, so personalized. But like at the end of the day, people just want to feel better. They want to improve their relationships. They might have certain circumstances that they want to get through, or they are just looking for growth um, or to process a certain trauma or to feel their emotions. But ultimately, everybody just wants to live a happy, successful life. And that's where therapy is going to try to bring them to. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the modalities even have a lot of the same core concepts. They're mm -hmm. just, you know, they're they're done differently or they're discussed differently. And yeah. There's a lot of the same core principles that are all going to get people to a better place. Right. There's a lot, a lot of repetition and one builds on the next. Like even, you know, we'll talk about later, like CBT and DBT, like CBT came first and then DBT was built off of that. So it's almost like as we go on and we learn more, we're just adapting it and enhancing it. But really, yeah. like all the core concepts are there. And also a lot of therapists like are practicing with multiple uh, modalities. Like they're yeah. not only sticking straight to one, like they're pulling from different places. And so a lot of times it is a blend, even if they call themselves like you know IFS only or... yeah like only one one therapy modality yeah and i think it's just a good thing to know because some people are let's say told like oh you need to do somatic therapy or you need emdr and mm -hmm. it's like the modality that you use isn't the magic cure yeah it could be for your specific issue this has been proven to be the most helpful mm -hmm. and it is there they have different you know studies mm -hmm. of dbt is better for people suffering from borderline personality disorder and emdr is better for people suffering from trauma right but Ultimately, there's so much more that goes into the therapy that it's not just about the modality that is it, you need this. Right. Yeah. I, f I find that like all doctors, a lot of times will say, go for CBT for c six weeks and like it'll fix you. Like they're always like promoting that or like three months and like you're going to be cured. And it's so different than the medical model. And so on the one hand, like your doctor might say that you need this, but like it's important to know that that might not work for you. Right. Like that might be good for some people, but it's not like the key for everybody. So why don't we like dive into like the different therapies, talk yeah. about like what they are, who we've seen that they've worked for and how we've seen that maybe they don't work for a certain type of person also. Yeah. And before we kind of jump in, I, I want to start with saying that talking about the relationship with the therapist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I think that that kind of supersedes all different modalities. Yeah. It's like it's not I think I like posted this on my Instagram once. Like it's not about what is said. It's who's saying it. And so like in therapy, you can be with a top like therapist, but at the end of the day, if you don't get along with them or you don't feel connected to them or they're not your style, it's not going to work. 
Yeah. And I think that people sometimes might be, you know, seeing a therapist for a couple of years and they have a great relationship. And then someone mentions a new therapy modality called EMDR. Let's see. I yeah. don't know why I keep picking EMDR. Because I feel like EMDR is a thing where everyone's like, I need EMDR therapy. Am yeah. I wrong? I think it is. It's funny because EMDR has this like impression of like, it's going to be quick. You're right. going to be done. You and it's only also... some specialists do it. It's not right. like any Joe Schmo that you can get exactly. to do it. Exactly. It like, has like this like, wow, it's going to like, yeah. And also like this feeling of like, it's going to change my life forever. Like, it's like this amazing, like, um, healing experience like and, and I think like some people are drawn to that of looking for this like completely like different life that's going to come out from right. EMDR yeah, um, well either way back to yeah so someone's, <laughs> someone's seeing a therapist for a couple of years right and someone tells them oh EMDR would fix your issues and then it becomes like oh. I hate the word fix right. like can we like can we say with the can word we abolish fix? that word <laughs> can we exactly. abolish that word like the word fix and well, that's also like the red flag right away right so that's what I'm giving you like a typical scenario like right you're seeing this therapist for four years you have an amazing relationship with them you connect you're doing your work and someone says EMDR is gonna fix all your issues right yeah. red flag right there but I do feel like I, I've seen this where people have done that inner debate like should I have such a good relationship with my therapist but should I switch should I try this magic mm -hmm. EMDR and I I it could I, there's no answer i'm not giving an answer here but i just want to show how important the relationship is with the yeah. therapist because a lot of the work is done by kind of having that safe space and having that person that you connect with and what exact modality that you're using doesn't always make a difference but it's the connection the relationship and the journey that's going to get you there regardless of what modality you use yeah exactly so make sure that you like your therapist right. and that's and very <laughs> important basically that's important like your therapist right no i mean it is like it's... i can imagine a scenario where somebody is let's say you know maybe he's done a lot of therapy work before or doesn't have any trauma and really just wants to like kind of like maybe go into some childhood issues or even very quick solution focused kind of therapy. I can imagine them being with a therapist. Then if you're saying one of those like very highly respectable therapists that the person doesn't necessarily connect with or like. Mm -hmm. I could see that being a scenario. Well, I guess like in, in therapies that you don't need the relationship. Oh, there you go. So if it's like kind of like a quick fix or just want some like inner like insight insight or... into something that may have happened to you in the mm -hmm. past then you could just have that relationship with someone who you don't necessarily connect with but if you're kind of need more for definitely if you need more long-term therapy mm -hmm. or if there's any trauma involved or any attachment healing involved then it needs to be somebody that you really connect with and have a have a you know, can form a relationship with. Right. Because most of the research on like outcomes of therapy, what it all leads to is that depending on the connection and the alliance between the client and the therapist. Yeah. And so ultimately, like, that's what it is that you're going to be drawn to. And that's where the healing is going to come from. And then like, you know, their style, their approach, like all of those things like are like 5%. Right. But majority and the bulk of what's going to help is the person. Yeah. I mean, and one thing that my supervisor always told me in the beginning of like my supervision, whenever I would be like, you know, but how am I good? Or, you know, all that difficult questions that we ask ourselves <laughs> in supervision, he would say that he, you know, had a client his first, you know, first few years of, you know, he was a social worker. And then like 10 years later, after he had done like so much training and was so good, one of those clients came back and said like, oh, wow, you really changed my life. Mm -hmm. He's like, wait, so what was the point of my 10 years of training? And he said, yeah, I may have gotten better and I may have gotten more skilled, but at the same time, I was that same person 10 years ago and I was able to form a relationship with somebody that healed them and showing just how much the relationship is important. Yeah. Yeah. So the relationship is key. And so giiving, leaving that aside, like as like the main bulk of everything. To kind of go into the let's different go modalities. Let's go into actual someone... modalities because I do think like that there is something about oh, like the way the, the therapist People is connect practicing. With different things. People connect with different things and what they might be looking for and why it will or won't work. Yeah, exactly. So let's pick a few. We obviously won't. There's like Probably Millions. tons that we don't even know about. You know, there's always something new coming right. out. So we'll pick like the few, you know, kind of big ones and mm -hmm. the ones that everyone's typical hearing about. 
Right. So the first one, I think, like, which is like the oldest one is psychoanalytic and psychodynamic therapy. Um, that type of therapy is very, very open ended. And so it's not directed. It's sort of talk based therapy that you see what comes up and you're going to go into a lot of like unconscious material. You're going to go into your emotions and understanding like how your childhood built you into a way that now you're acting a certain way. Um, and so you're doing a lot of like in-depth exploring of your emotions and how you feel about things. Um, it's very long term and also it's very insight oriented. And so you might become aware of something that you didn't know beforehand. And the hope is that the insight is going to then allow you to think more mindfully about your day and how you are operating your life. Yeah, I feel like psychoanalytical therapists um, usually train for many years under mm -hmm. like institutes. Yeah, they themselves have to be in therapy like four times a week for over a period of like three years. So they themselves are very developed as people and the hope is that they can then develop the other too. You know, the thing with this is that it doesn't work for somebody who um, wants quick results fast because generally this type of therapy takes a long time. These are at least a year, a year worth of sessions or two years worth of sessions um, because it takes time for somebody to really understand themselves and to be in tune with those different emotions. Yeah. This is kind of having starting this conversation is kind of making me in the mood of like trying every single therapy myself. <laughs> oh my God, I've never tried that. I want to try that, you know? Yeah. I, I think like over time though, like we all connect to the types that we like. I'm, I'm a big believer of like, if you know you like a certain type of store or you know you, you like a certain type of restaurant, like well, go with what go works. Go with know? what works, exactly. right? Rather than trying like a hundred things. Well, this is just making me in the mood. I'm not saying that's the <laughs> smart thing to do for listeners. I'm saying I am just like in the mood of kind of like, you know, when you sample taste everything, right. kind of mood of like quick little sessions of every single kind of therapy right now, you know, like this week. Yeah. So like like little trainings things. like that. Wouldn't that be interesting to have like a huge like institute and like you go like for professionals and you go like 20 minutes to this kind of therapy session, 20 minutes to this, so that way you can choose which kind schools should do that it's funny in my bachelor's we did do that like yeah. we had like every single like every single week was designated to a different type of therapy it wasn't a bachelor's for social worker psychology so it was just a general overview and like we had like one week worth of um one week's worth of carl rogers and like one week's right. worth oh, of yes, like young this. and we one week's worth forgetting yeah so we did have that right. um it's just not like, like it's not enough it's to teaching. really like it's teaching yeah. theories versus like actually having the therapy yeah. session of it but yeah. i think like even with all these therapy sessions like they all take time so like i think like right. maybe we need like three month bursts of like what I need to go like. spend the rest of my life in therapy right now <laughs> and then I can decide what kind of therapy I can do. Okay, so it doesn't work for somebody who wants um, quick results. Um, it does work for somebody who really just wants to get to know themselves, someone who is um, maybe like more intellectually stimulated by knowing themselves, somebody who wants a lot of self-awareness um, and someone who has the patience to really pull right. themselves through the process. Sometimes psychodynamic is really needed for those that are really struggling or suffering from like deep depression or from a mood disorder um, because it's almost like they have to go deep within themselves rather than just doing like a, a more skills-based approach. Like they really need to understand what's going on inside themselves so that way they can stop triggers they can prevent triggers so that's somebody who i think it would work for more um whereas somebody else might not need that that intense um, understanding of themselves like not everybody needs such a deep understanding of themselves even though it can be helpful but it's not meant for everybody right yeah Okay, so the next one is CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. This one is really popular. Yeah. Um, there's CBT plain CBT, but then there's also like TF, which is like TF CBT, which is like trauma focused CBT. Um, and CBT, what it, what it believes in is that the presenting problem when you come in with an issue, its core is at irrational fears or irrational thinking. And the goal of therapy is to challenge your thoughts and is to challenge your thinking um, to have you be in a more realistic zone and mind space yeah i really like cbt 
yeah. am I going to be very biased here and show which, which, oh, I really like that one. <laughs> They're all great. They're all great. Um, I like CBT because I think it's very, it's very easy to see. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, you know, when, when you see. When, yeah. you, when you see through the CBT lens, it's just very easy to pick up on those habits or those, you know, irrational thoughts that you're having. And it's just very easy to start being able to pinpoint. And I think that you can really work through certain, you know, thoughts that maybe, you know, because of trauma or just other issues are, have become irrational thoughts that we have. Yeah. I think like, you know, with CBT, one of the risks of like who it won't work for is somebody who gets insulted, um, that they need to change, Mm. um, because it is very fix you oriented and change you oriented. So automatically it's that you're doing something wrong or there's something faulty within you and someone who can't handle that with their self-esteem a lot of times, um, will run away from it. Right. Um, And then the TFCBT, the trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy is done just a little bit differently because it's more trauma informed and with trauma care. So it's not about changing your irrational beliefs, but about like looking into the story and changing maybe, you know, parts that had happened, beliefs that you hold, what had happened. Right. It's not accurate. Exactly. And and so with CBT, like who does it work for? Like clients that are like super motivated and they want a lot of change in their lives. They are doing homework every single week. Yeah, it's very homework based. Very homework based, very skills based. Um, And it's very brainy also because they have to be willing to kind of like logically look at what's happening and being able to take accountability for where they're thinking faulty and not you're not there to convince someone that you're thinking faulty. So someone who's still kind of like not letting go of the fixed beliefs might mm-hmm. not be there yet. Like they have to understand that they might be doing something wrong exactly. and they have to be able to like step out of themselves. Not everyone has that ability to like step out of themselves and like reflect or observe. But if somebody is doing CBT and they can do that, they will have amazing results um, because it's almost like analyzing themselves like from an outsider perspective and saying, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need to fix. This is why I am going into that reaction. And so they're tracking their thoughts, um, which their thoughts lead to behaviors. Um, no, their thoughts or feelings can lead to behaviors. And so they're tracking it at every single stage. Yeah. So the next one is CBT. This is my favorite. Yeah. Um, this is what you practice the most? This is not what I practice the most. Um, I think I'm more in the psychodynamic lens. Like I would say like a, a hybrid of like attachment psychodynamic yeah, and then a little bit of DBT. Um, but I really like DBT because yeah, I, no, I like, like I like DBT also. It's definitely not the modality that I use, but like I'm always using it. Yeah. If that makes like sense. Meaning it's not my primary modality that I that I run my sessions, but I'm always pulling skills like constantly and I right. with, with myself and with other people, mm-hmm. you know, with clients. Yeah, I like it because it's so balanced and right. like I kind of feel like it just makes space for everything um you know it's not trying to attack anybody and telling them they're doing something wrong like it gives them space like if it's not working for you it says like don't think that there's something wrong with you like it's a very just like overall like i feel like it's comprehensive yeah i think like i like how they're just kind of like you said the moderation they're trying to find the balance between kind of the logical minds and the wise mind right they call the wise wise mind mind and the emotional mind and living in that space where you think logically but you also think emotionally because you need to have both to be like you know, full. Yeah. And I love it because the skills are just like so practical. Like they're so simple. They're so practical. They're easy to implement um, right away. Like I love that they have like so many different um, modules. Like there's four right. aspects. There's mm-hmm. like the emotional regulation, there's distress tolerance, there's the mindfulness, and then there's the social um, interpersonal effectiveness. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like that, like most people coming to therapy are really struggling with those four pieces. And so like it can really be helpful, like for anybody, like going through um, anxiety, depression, self-esteem confidence so i really like dbt yeah a lot of dbt therapists deal a lot with more like higher risk Mm -hmm. clients you'll see that this is really good for people struggling with like self-harming or suicidal thoughts 
Um, also a lot of DBT therapists, like if you're under like a DBT institute are more available in between sessions, Mm -hmm. not necessarily everyone who practices DBT is, but if there are DBT therapists that are available in between sessions, because the point is they don't want you to get to a point where let's say you're really high risk. They want you to call them before so that way they can practice the skills with you. So I like that as somebody who feels that they need more and just a once a week therapist, if they find a DBT therapist that does that, they know then they can reach out, have an extra session, have a phone call where somebody's there to help regulate them. Yeah. And sometimes like people will go into, let's say, standard talk therapy, but just use DBT as a group, like a skills right, group. Right. There's a lot of DBT There's groups. a lot of those like balance. Yeah. Those are fabulous because it just like teaches them the skills. Also, they're getting feedback from one another, from the other group members of right. this is what you're doing. This is how I feel about it. This is what I'm noticing. So it's just like really supportive, but also like it's not the therapist who has to give the feedback. It's the group members who give the right. feedback. And also sometimes those DBT therapists from the group are also available in these meet sessions. Yeah. So it's just like an extra way of like having support. Um, but they're just like really good like ways of thinking about life. Um, and that's why I really like it. Right. Um, there's all different kind of like before I go on to different modality kind of like levels of treatments that we talk about, right? Yes. So that's also like maybe in a different podcast. But yeah. like interesting to talk about like what level of treatment do you need? And I think that not necessarily someone who's going to DBT needs a higher level of treatment, but it could be used as a higher level of treatment versus having to actually go into a faci- facility if right. you're still safe enough, where you have that once a week, let's say even with a different therapist, and then you have your DBT group and the DBT therapist that can touch in, it's just giving you more therapy if it's needed. Yeah. I kind of like feel like DBT on the one hand, like it is therapy, but it doesn't feel like therapy. It just feels like life skills. Right. Like I think it's life skills that every single per- person should have. Like they should, they should be like taught I mean, in like fourth we grade. Amazed, weren't we amazed when we decided to teach it to our staff? Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, you know, if they ever had a client that they were speaking with that they thought that can help them um, just to know the skills. And they were all like, oh, wow, these are such good skills. How can we never knew that? And, you know, as therapists, we keep from the mindset like, oh, everybody knows this. Right. And we were like, oh, wow, yes, these are really good life skills. Right. Like, And some of them were so simple and we were so surprised that they didn't even hear about them or know about them. And like they implemented them for themselves also. Yeah. Like it wasn't just about giving to their clients. They thought like, wow, I can implement this in my life today, yeah. um, which is really helpful. So I really wish that it was like a part of curriculum, like in, in schools for children, because if everybody had those skills- so it would really flourish. Yeah. Like I think my mother was one time, my mother's a therapist <laughs> and she was one time hired by um, a school to go in and give a DBT workshop. So wow. there are some schools that are starting that. Yeah. I think that is so, so helpful. Like if it can be integrated at a younger age. Yeah. Um, because they are life skills at the end of the day. So who wouldn't DBT work for though? I think somebody who really wants insight-oriented therapy. Mm-hmm. Like something deeper. Something deeper. I think that DBT doesn't necessarily, doesn't really touch childhood or mm-hmm. attachment. Right. You know, it doesn't um, really go into trauma work. Mm -hmm. It's like giving you a skill in the moment. Like if you feel like you're spiraling in the moment or you're stuck in the moment, it it can help you and it can bring you above water. But it doesn't necessarily do the long term work or it's not anything that's like more relationship oriented in a deeper way. I think though that many DBT, like as we said before, many therapists, they practice a few modalities at once. So just because somebody is a DBT therapist doesn't mean they're not they they can't practice the other therapy as well. So they use it in conjunction. Right. And that might might be a question like to ask the therapist beforehand of like, do you solely work from this framework or do you integrate others? Right. Um, because like if someone is going to be hardcore DBT, they're not going to go into anything from the past and they're not going to even let you talk about that. Right. Like sometimes like I've, you know, I've spoken with people where they are more rigid about it because they say like, no, we're not going to use this as like it's a distraction right. or it's a derailment. Like we're going to come here. We're going to focus on what homework did you do this past week and what's the new skill that we're learning rather than sidetracking into stories that aren't relevant. Right. So it is important to just ask that question of like, are you are you able to hold both or is this like solely going to be that? Yeah. that way. 
a lot of like th- therapists nowadays like do integrate with other with other modalities and right. do do more talk based or might pr- bring trauma work into it. But somebody who's going like based on like the actual model is going to follow it in a very skills oriented way. Right. Yeah. Which is none of this is bad or like I think like you know we want to we want to preface yeah, this like is it, nothing is better or it's worse. Just what works for you. It's just what works for you. And like obviously we have our own like preferences biases. and biases. Like just because what we've works seen. What, what we've seen works for us. What we've seen works for our clients. Exactly. Um, but then again, like everyone is different, and so there's room for everyone to find their own their own approach. Yeah, we're not gonna have time to go through like every single therapy, but I also want to touch on solution focus. Ah, uh, no, well. Solution-focused behavioral therapy. Yes. I feel like that's um, a lot of clinics practice that modality because they mm-hmm. need like quick turnover. Yeah. So that's like really short-term solution, basically, as it said, solution-focused right. therapy. That's like there's a problem. What are the options of solutions right. exactly. and how are we going to implement it? It's very quick, um, very concrete, and results-oriented. Yeah. It could be for someone who's been in therapy for years and then had, didn't need it anymore and then it, just something came up. Right. They need to just like focus on that. There's like a unique circumstance that needs to be fixed. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's the, you know, there's therapies um, that are more trauma focused. Like, so yeah. I would call these like trauma informed therapies, like where it's like the umbrella of trauma treatments. And so like under that is like somatic and EMDR or let's say trauma focused CBT. Um, sometimes it's going to be attachment based with a trauma lens as well. Um, IFS is also under the trauma informed care. And I'm sure there's yes. many more therapies that are also under the trauma informed care umbrella yeah and so those are really going to target the specific either individual trauma that you went through or the ongoing trauma that a person has gone through so like a a single event is something like um you know a death of a close relative or covid right for some people that was like a single incident um or 9-11 um or even something like a hurricane or a natural disaster but a car accident, like one time event that really traumatized the person. Um, whereas then there's the ongoing small events, like, you know, what you and I talk about the big T's and the little T's, right. whereas like the big trauma is like the big car accident or the big death. Whereas the little T's are like the little mismatches in life where it's either between the, the child and the caregiver or it's just the little pieces in school where like, you know, they didn't have friends and, right. you know, teacher said something or they were embarrassed or there was some shame. And so all those little T's like are the equivalent of big traumas. Um, And so somebody like that will go for these specific types of therapies. Um, Like with EMDR generally, it's it's meant to focus on a specific aspect of the trauma. Um, So it's not focusing on everything. So if there was a specific part of the car accident, that's what the EMDR is going to surround. And so it's it's important to like understand like when you go into EMDR, like what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're doing it for. So I think with EMDR, something that um, I've noticed is that people tend to think it's like a magic cure. Mm -hmm. And then um, even though it can really help in the moment, you know, and I think this with everything with trauma, like there's no kind of getting rid of it. Right. There's healing, there's recovering, there's learning to live with it. There's building a safe container with it. Right. And um, even EMDR that, you know, can be really effective doesn't mean we're, you know, you won't ever suffer from the trauma effects again. And I think that some people are under like the misinformation and they think like, oh, I'm going to be cured if I do this. Yeah. I think it's not just with EMDR. I think it's with most modalities like CBT or DBT um, or even, you know, I have people who come in and I'm constantly saying like, we can't bring you to a place of not feeling like I can't make you a robot. I can't make you mechanical. So if somebody is having panic attacks or somebody is having depression or anxiety, like we can't just like kill it off. Like we can't just like get rid of it. What we do is we integrate it. We help them function within it. Um, but I don't think it's realistic to say that any of these skills 
skills or therapies right. can really just obliterate everything. We just have to helps us learn to live with it. Exactly. All. Exactly. Which I think is hard to hear. It's hard to hear because we kind of want people want to know that I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to feel better. Mm -hmm. And you might feel better. But by learning how to live with it, because if something happens to you, we can never take that away. Right. And so there is progress and there is growth. Like, And so life doesn't look the same way and people right. do improve and get better, but it's not completely disappearing. Like it's it's just you're functioning more within it. And, you know, I used to like compare and contrast the medical model versus the therapy model of, you know, well, in the medical model, they heal things right. and, you know, they have medicines for things. And then I realized that there's, there's parts of medicine that are either supportive care or um, reducing pain right. or let's say, you know, hospice or palliative care or, or it's um, a chronic condition. So it's or just it's about chronic, managing it. And right. that's what we say, you know, that we say a little bit about um, therapy that is that little bit of that similarity mm -hmm. about, um, you know, to that chronic care that it could be like a life, a life journey. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody who has anxiety it's very likely that they're going to have anxiety for their whole life. It doesn't have to be in extreme ways like they have it when they first show up to therapy. It can become more manageable, but the anxiety is never going to be completely gone. It's just it's just something that they learn to live with and learn to accept, which is, you know, part of like acceptance and commitment therapy, which is right. another type of therapy exactly. that in, and also DBT has like the radical acceptance, right, exactly. um, you know, so there's that overlap um, where it's almost like saying like this is something that I might not like in my life, but the more I fight it, the more I'm going to suffer. And so I'm going to stop fighting it because right. then I mean, I'll IFS, feel better. if we're going to find all the similarities, IFS also has about like accepting that part of yourself. Yes, exactly. Accepting it and integrating <laughs> exactly. and knowing how it plays a part into everything um and so really like i think that's so so important of saying like when you're sending a child into therapy or when you yourself are going into therapy or when you know send my spouse into therapy and fix them right. um ultimately like that word fix doesn't exist it's just about how much they can learn to integrate it into their lives like there's certain things like let's say you know someone who's on the spectrum or um autism or ASD, that's something that is going to be a long-term chronic diagnosis. Um, and so the goal is that they should be a higher functioning, um, you know, higher functioning within it, but not that it's just like completely gone unless yeah. they were misdiagnosed. And then that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like managing our expectations yeah. of like what we expect from therapy, but like ultimately like somebody who is diagnosed with a mood disorder or with bipolar, that is likely to last their entire life. Right. And There's a lot of therapies that can help regulate and help um you know, support learn, support and learn how to integrate with life but we have to kind of be willing to kind of take out this word of like fix and abolish and get rid of right this makes me think of like the difference between like what clients want from therapy and what we as therapists want want from therapy and like what they think works and what we think works right and um and like that clash sometimes and how that can be really difficult of like if they're expecting something but like you know whenever even when we're talking about this i kind of feel like oh this is so morbid or this is so unhopeful right. and um like i always want to be hopeful and right. and that it can get better but i also want to be realistic and to balance it with that real expectations also of what we're expecting from therapy and it doesn't mean that life is i think that it could seem unhopeful because it's just like oh well if i can't get rid of the trauma or i'm always going to have this diagnosis then life's going to suck for me and the point is like right. no therapy can really um help you have a more fulfilling successful happy life it's just your expectations of what are you walking away from therapy is not going to cure you it's not going to 
abolish anything that you're not happy with. It's going to learn how you can integrate all that into your life and hopefully lead your most successful life. Right. Yeah, that's a really good way of saying it. And I think like those that come into therapy with that mindset do so much better in therapy rather than those that are constantly like fighting, right. fighting it because they're saying, well, wait, I'm supposed to feel a certain way right, or exactly. how long have I been here already? And that in itself ruins the therapy um, because they're waiting for like the outcome and not realizing like yeah. what they can actually get from it. Exactly. From the journey of it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many more therapy modalities that we didn't even touch upon, but like what we're going to spend all day just talking about all the different therapy <laughs> modalities. Right. We touched upon, I think, our few favorites, and I'm sure people have like different ones that have like worked for them or didn't work for them. I'd love to hear feedback from people. Yeah. Like what has the, been their favorite why and why not kind mm -hmm. of idea. Yeah, and it's so personalized. And so it, what works for one is not going to work for the other. And I imagine even this week, like there's going to be a new therapy on the on the market. Like every single day, there's something else that's advertised. And it's really what you connect with. Um, but also like not like people shouldn't chase different therapies as a way of saying like, oh, maybe there's a new cure. Right. Um, it's almost like stick with what you know is working for you. And all of these new pieces, like they can help in some way. Um, but it's not it's not that magic cure. Right. There's so many different therapies and, and there's tons more that are coming to my head. So I think we're gonna have to do a part two yes. to go into more of them and discuss more. And we didn't even get to some of my favorite ones, hint dance therapy, Yes, you know, so mm -hmm. we're gonna, we're definitely gonna have to talk more. But I think that meanwhile, we touched upon some of the real, you know, evidence-based, um, which is, you know, the fact that I think that's an important term to teach of that it's been studied and researched that this modality is effective. Yes. And any therapy that we've brought up so far has been evidence-based. Right. And I think that if somebody is looking and wants to try something new, that's good. I think evidence-based does, I mean, you can try something that's not evidence-based, but, you know, if you want to, you know, have a sure thing, evidence-based are more of a sure thing. Yes. Like there, it's shown that it's work, it works and there's good outcomes. Um, but also to keep in mind everything that we've say, said today, that just because it worked for one person, it might be different right. for you and you should choose the one that you feel connected to and also find a therapist that you really like um, because the relationship between the two of you is more important than the therapy approach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Alrighty. I'm excited okay. for part two. Yes. <laughs>